0: There. It has been too long since we've been able to get together, but I'm glad to have you back again today here at the Red River Rising. Pastor Mike, along with author Rick Salceda, as uh, usual, getting together, talking about God's grace unto salvation here. And today we're going to get into part two of this, where we left off last time. We knew that it was going to get a little uh, mucky here in the waters as we're going mm-hmm. through, but Rick, kind of give us a little recap of part one, and then let's get started into part two with us.
1: All right, um, Pastor Mike, thank you. Um, in part one, we talked about God's amazing grace, and by his amazing grace um it was his unmerited favor He initiated the salvation process and and now is presenting salvation to us, mm-hmm. okay, it's totally undeserved yep and, and God initiated it you know from his grace and his love towards humanity, okay, and then we talked about um in Titus where god's grace um manifests and it presents to us the opportunity to receive salvation, and it also compels us to live a repentant and obedient life unto God. Mm-hmm. That's what God's amazing grace does. You know, we tend to focus on God's grace saved us. Right. Okay, but it's also compelling us to live a repentant and obedient life. Right. And and that's what we're going to talk about um, in part two. So let's start off with uh, repentance. And the definition of that is to feel regret or contrition and turn from sin. Turn from evil and toward God. That's
0: right. Doing a 180.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. So, you know, we no longer, uh, we're sorry about sin. And we no longer want to um, do that sin. You know, we want to be repentant. And, and we we're going to talk about several verses here. First one's going to be John chapter 8, verses 10 and 11. And it says, Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Did not even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. So this was the woman caught in adultery. And, uh, Jesus, he, he didn't condemn her, but he said, go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. So he wanted her to go off in repentance. Nah.
0: Well, repentance goes hand in hand with the acceptance of the salvation because you got to know that you need to be saved, right? So the recognizes where you've been doing something wrong. So the repentance piece is your honest view of your lifestyle to say I want to turn away from it and turn towards the savior. Mm-hmm. Who, who, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not just a um Like here's a business card. You take the business card, uh, you know, very casual kind of thing. Repentance is a real examination of what is going on in your life and and how you've been living and who you've been serving in your life Mm -hmm. and saying, I want to abandon this because what you have, Lord, is much better. And I truly repent of how I have been and how I've chosen to be and want to turn my life towards you.
1: Right. right. So, you know, if you're not repentant and you continue on in your sinful ways, have you really appreciated the what Jesus did for you or are you kind of taking it for granted? Right. Right. Um, All right. Yeah. I'm sorry.
0: I just wanted to interject no, that. that was I was good. having a thought as you were, you were reading that. Yeah.
1: And then, uh, another uh, verse out of John is chapter five, verse 14, and it says, Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. So this was the paralytic man at the pool of Bethesda. Uh Okay. And Jesus says, okay, you're healed. You're well. Now stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Right. So he's telling him, repent, you know, don't continue on in that sin.
0: Now, let me ask you a question, and 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 we haven't even talked about this beforehand, but do you think that uh, with this being said, because some people could read that and say, oh, well, then Jesus is basically a curse in him. He's going to curse him. So if you sin, then something worse is going to be put on you. Mm-hmm. Or do you think this is a reflection of a sinful lifestyle is what he could be
1: talking to? Well, here's what I believe. Sin is dark, mm-hmm. right? And so the more we sin, the more we're surrounding ourselves with darkness. Right. And we're expanding the kingdom of darkness. Mm-hmm. And the, we know that Satan and the de- his demons are the rulers of the darkness. Mm-hmm. And cause those are the, you know, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We wrestle with the powers of darkness mm-hmm. and principalities and stuff. So the more we sin, the more expanded kingdom of darkness we're giving Satan and his minions to operate in. Mm-hmm. Okay. And particularly in your life. So that's what I think Jesus was telling him. The more you sin, the more you're going to allow Satan to attack you and something worse might happen to you. You know, so the less you sin, the more you live a repentant, holy, obedient life, you know, then the opposite happens. You know, there's light shining Mm. and we're supposed to be a light unto the world and that light limits the kingdom of darkness. And since Satan is only the ruler of darkness, that light, you know, pushes him back. Yeah. You know, and I believe it pushes him back out of your life. So we kind of have control over how much Satan can inflict on us. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I agree with that. All right. Yep. Let's move on then. Okay. Uh, the next verse is Acts chapter three, verse 19. And it says, repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Mm-hmm. So it says here, repent and turn back. That your sins may be blotted out. So if I don't repent, my sins aren't blotted out. Right. Okay. And another added benefit to repenting is I get times of refreshing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here, here is a, a a promise, a covenant. If you repent, times of refreshing will come. Yeah. But you got to do your end of the bargain. You That's can't right. just ex- you know live a rebellious life and say, Lord, how come I have no peace? Yep. You know, aren't you the Prince of Peace? Yeah. Well, you're, you you got to do your part, and then God will always do His part. That's right. And, um, so, uh, here it's kind of telling us that repentance is required for forgiveness. You know, repent therefore, then your sins will be blotted out. And don't you have to have forgiveness to go to heaven? Mm -hmm. Well, that's
0: what I said. I think that repentance is tied into the acceptance of salvation. I don't think you could have one without the other. Right. You have to have, you have to repent. In order to be saved.
1: Yeah. And I just, you know, and, and now this is where we're we're probably going to concern some people saying, oh, no, they're saying salvation by works. Yeah. You know, once again, the salvation process was initiated by God mm-hmm. and he, you know, Jesus came down and died, for, suffered and died for our sins all out of God's amazing grace. We did not deserve that. But that having been done, now God is standing there presenting the gift of salvation to us. And and so these are things that occur in the salvation process.
0: Well, there's always going to be with free will involved. There's always has to be another side. So something could be given, but there has to be a choice to be taken. Mm -hmm. But when you have free will involved, it's not going to be forced upon us to where we have no options. Therefore, there always has to be something given or an effort made on our part. To be able to choose, accept, and act, mm-hmm. embrace, whatever it may be on our part of it. So that alone falls under the category of works because there is an effort made on our behalf. Right. However, the effort is not what drives the ability to have the gift in the first place.
1: Right. God's yes. amazing grace That's right. is what drove that. That's right. Yep. Okay. So uh, another verse is Acts chapter 26, verse 20. But declare first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea and also to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. So again, we're, we're, we're seeing the call of repentance. It says repent and turn to God. So have you truly turned to God if you don't have a repentant life? Uh-huh. You yeah. know, um, Acts, uh, chapter 11 verse 18. When they heard these things, they fell silent and they glorified God saying, then to the Gentiles and also, then to the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance that leads to life. So these last two verses, you know, it says that the salvation is offered to everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, Jews and Gentiles, everybody, you know, all humanity has the opportunity to receive this gift. And, but it's also urging us that part of this is repentance. Um, You know, it says here, then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. Repentance that leads to life. Right. So if you don't repent, then you're not, you're not entering into that life. Right. Uh, Luke chapter three, verses, uh, two and three, it says, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Uh-huh. Preaching a baptism of repentance. That's the baptism we talked about with the thief on the cross. Right. You know, he didn't have the opportunity to have water baptism. Right. You know, he he undergo, underwent on the cross a baptism of repentance. Right. And, 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 you know, in his salvation experience, Mm -hmm. but this is a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So if you don't repent, this tells me you're not forgiven. That's part of getting forgiven. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people just want to say, well, Jesus suffered the punishment for my sins. So that's the end of it. But we're seeing scripture after scripture after scripture where God wants repentance. And some of that repent scriptures are even saying repentance unto everlasting life Mm -hmm. repentance unto the forgiveness of sins Mm -hmm. so you know those things in order to receive those things you have to have a repented life you know so saved from sin and brought to god we have to clean up our act you know salvation isn't just forgiveness of sins it's a changed life that pleases god god handing out the gift of salvation is free and undeserved you know, we, we've discussed that several mm-hmm. times and I, and I want to iterate it a lot because right. I want to make sure, you know, I, I, I want to make sure people yeah. know I'm not saying that we can earn salvation. Right. We cannot. It needs we to be
0: cannot. with that. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um. But, re, you know, receiving, so God's presenting that salvation to us free and undeserved. Mm-hmm. Okay. But receiving it takes action and effort on our part.
0: Well, it's almost common sense to think that repentance would be there because, you know, the whole thing of salvation is that this is what you are destined to based off of sin. Here's the option that you have, that you could change that destiny now into heaven, into eternal life, right, out of the grace of God through the acceptance of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior mm-hmm. with this, right? So you have to turn away from this one of the lifestyle of sin, right? mm mm-hmm and turn to this one so it's really kind of common sense to think about it if you look at it in that aspect that yeah. there has to be repentance there because you have to want to turn away from what you're already doing to something different and yeah. new yeah so it's really not that difficult to think about it if you're thinking about it in those terms just that when we throw the word works around with it people mm-hmm. get you know a little antsy
1: right but yeah and so we we you know there's a argument out there you know some say god's grace saved us. Mhm. You know, period. Yeah. Others say, well, God's grace gave us the opportunity to receive salvation and to turn away from a life of sin mm-hmm. and the punishment of the sin we had committed. Right. See, there's a difference. One kind of uh perpetuates sin. Yes. You know, you're you all your sins are paid for. That's right. Uh don't worry about it. You're covered. You're good. You yeah. know, salvation insurance. That's right. And the other is saying, well, what God actually did was make a way for you to be forgiven of the sins you committed, mm-hmm. but you got to stop sinning, right. or at least put in, you know, an attempt to stop sinning. We're all going to fail, you know. We've got sin nature. We're we're flawed beings, right? Okay, but there's a difference between somebody that just says, you know, um, saved by grace, eternal salvation, you know, eternal security, and and no matter what I do, my sins have been paid for. And so, you know, I like it. It you know, I like sinning. I like going out drinking and mm-hmm. meeting ladies and right. and all that other stuff that follows that. Right. You know, I like it. I'm going to do it. My sins are paid for. You know, Jesus already suffered for that sin, so it doesn't matter if if I do it or not. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a difference between someone that has a flippant attitude towards the suffering of Jesus uh-huh. and somebody that is, you know, they're just trying to live a repented life, but they're just stumbling and they're failing and they're and they they hate that sin and they're angry at themselves uh-huh. for for, you know, constantly uh, messing up. You know, they're trying. The second person is trying. The first person, they could care less. You know, they, they think they've got, you know, carte blanche to do whatever they have and, and they've got to get out of jail free card. And they're going to make heaven no matter what. what? No.
0: But you know, this really comes down to is, you know, the Bible teaches us too, that when we're saved, that we also receive the Holy Spirit and not the baptism of the Holy Spirit as we believe, but that we receive the Holy Spirit residing inside of us. Right. So that Holy Spirit is what drives conviction of these. And we may be, I hope I'm not putting the, the carriage before the horse here as we're getting along, but, um, but, that's one thing that ought to be a tale to you. You know, if you're not having any kind of a struggle internally over sinning versus doing the righteous thing, and that probably means you don't have somebody inside of you telling you.
1: Right. Yeah. Right? You may want to relook whether
0: you're actually saved or That's not. That's correct. Because if you yeah. can do that without any thought or any kind of struggle there on internally, because, you know, the, out, of, out of the belly, the living water flow. I, if you don't feel <laughs> something in your gut saying, hey, this isn't right or this isn't feel right then I would be questioning whether or not your salvation is real. You may have a triple A card in your pocket, but it may be expired or whatever. Mm. No good. Yeah. Because you've got a piece of paper now that says that, well, I've said it and I believed it, but I didn't do all of it. I didn't really realize that I need a savior. I didn't really repent for how I want to be and turn away from what I am because I love God more than I love self. Hmm. You might need to start thinking today, man. Yeah, why am I not in a battle of struggling over right and wrong?
1: Yeah. So and, and like you had mentioned, you know, the fruits of a saved person is a changed life. That's right. So if that if that desire to be obedient to God isn't there, you might want to re yourself, whether you're yeah, really
0: saved. That's right. I'm not going to judge you on that because the mm-hmm. only thing that I know is your confession, if you confess it and that you state of your belief. Now, outside of that, I can't judge you. But what I can say is that when your fruits are evident, then they confirm what your mouth is spoken. But when you lack fruits, you know, it's not for me to look at. It's for you to look at. Mm-hmm. I'm not judging you with it. You need to judge yourself with it. You need to say, Hey, am I, do I have the fruits of the spirit that are showing with these? Cause if I don't, maybe this isn't, maybe I didn't take it right. And I think that a lot of us, um, in, in life are children. Okay. And so we're in Sunday school and we're six years old and we're seven years old and we, 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 we hear a great lesson and we just have childlike faith. All right. And they make, we make a confession, Jesus Christ is my savior. And we get baptized at six years old, seven years old. And then 20, 30 years later, we've been doing nothing but living a sinful life this whole time. My question is now is that if you're starting to, to, to question or thinking about your salvation, do you struggle with that? That's something that you need to come to God with in prayer and you need to really, I mean, Hey, you know, I'm just saying you need to evaluate your lifestyle. And I evaluate my lifestyle daily, daily. I want mm-hmm. to die to self daily mm-hmm. and I want to renew my mind daily, which means that I constantly am asking the Lord to purge out of me anything that doesn't need to be in me mm-hmm. because I want to be as Christ-like as possible. And I want to have the mind of God. I want God's thoughts indwelling inside of me so that everything that I do is as close to mimicking God as possible, because that is the perfection that I want to strive to not for me, but because I love him so much that I want to be so close to him that I want to be there. Now that doesn't mean that I'm, I know that there's no condemnation for me, and I'm getting off on a tangent now, Rick. I'm sorry, brother, but I'm getting off a tangent. But listen to me. There's no condemnation for me, and in Romans, that same book that we look at for the road to salvation, also tells me that once I accept that Jesus Christ is my Savior, and that God is the the Lord and ruler of my life, and that everything I do for Him, that when I stumble and I fail, that I am not slipped back into the pit of hell okay that i don't have to live in that i simply lord i screwed up again but thank you for your grace Mm -hmm. and i know your mercies are made new so you're not going to give me what i deserve today because i've been saved and born again but god i want to be more like you so god help me with this Mm -hmm. purge that out of me lord and i move forward and that's my goal every single day is to draw closer and closer because even though i'm a pastor And even though that, you know, we have a congregation and and beautiful, wonderful people I love dearly, the most important relationship that I have is mine and God's. Mm -hmm. So that's the way each one of us should be looking at. And that should tell you, if you have that desire, then there's no doubt in your mind that you're saved. Mm -hmm. But if you don't, you might want to start thinking that over.
1: Right. And, you know, when saved, generally saved, genuinely saved people who are earnestly trying to live for God when they fail. You know, if if they confess their sins... To mm-hmm. God, He is faithful to forgive them. Absolutely, Amen. Because He knows their heart. That's right. You know. That's right.
0: So. That's right. So listen, we're not trying to judge your heart either, people. That's yeah. not what we're getting at here with this either. But we yeah. are what we are trying to get across here is that grace has been misconstrued and and applied in contexts and in situations where it's just not applicable. Mm-hmm. And what's happened because of this is I think we have a lot of false Christianity in this world, and that's mm-hmm. really where we're getting at with yep. all of this.
1: Yeah, so. you know, we're not pushing the notion that you have to live a perfect life because nobody can. That's right. You just, what I'm saying is you have to earnestly attempt to. Yes. And then when you fail, confess that to God and the blood is, you know, it will cover that. Amen. And wash that away. Amen.
0: All right. So that wasn't a rabbit trail. That was a whole tunnel. <laughs> I took us down. <laughs> Sorry was a, about that. It was a good one, though. It was a good one. Well, well dial us back in here, right? Okay.
1: Uh, Acts chapter 5, verse 30 and 31, it says, The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead whom you killed by hanging on the cross. God exalted him to his right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgiveness and forgive their sins. So this last phrase here, it says so that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. So the repentant process had to take place before their sins could be forgiven. Mm -hmm. So repentance is an important part of getting forgiven. That's right. That's right. And Acts chapter 20 verse 21 says, I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. So we see here that repentance is, is a part, it's, it's an evidence of, and it's also a part of receiving that salvation gift.
0: Yep. Absolutely.
1: And it, you know, it says here, um, they must turn to God in repentance. It doesn't say, well, believe. You know, have faith in Jesus. And oh, by the way, it, it it's a good idea if you turn to God in repentance. Right. You know, it says must turn. That's an absolute. You have to do that. You yeah. have to turn to God in repentance. Second um, Peter chapter three, verse nine, it says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. But everyone to come to repentance. That's right. So God doesn't want, you know, Jesus told us the, the, the gate to, to hell is wide and a multitude mm-hmm. enter in, but that's not what God wants. That's right. He wants people to turn to repentance so they can avoid perishing. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you have to make that choice to repent. He's not going to force you to do it.
0: All right. God's long suffering with this. You know, he's very, he's, he's waiting this out. He wants every opportunity. For you to be able to come to Him, because this goes back to God's love. Mm -hmm. God doesn't want to see. Matter of fact, hell wasn't. We've said this before. Hell wasn't designed for us. No. So hell has to be enlarged as we you know make a choice to go to hell, because that's exactly what you're doing. Is you're making a choice when you know the difference between the two, the right and the wrong. You make a choice, one or the other. There is no riding the fence. To ride the fence is to make a choice. Mm -hmm. There, you have to make the choice between the two. And God's just saying, look man I I I want I want to bring you all to heaven. I want all this to happen, but I want everyone to have the opportunity for that repentance cuz I want them all with us anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. So, maybe. Right. yep. All right. So, um God through his grace has given us the opportunity to receive salvation and we we receive it by believing Jesus as our Lord and Savior and then there's evidence of that through a repentant and sin-avoiding life.
0: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed.
1: So we see here, you know, repentance is part of the salvation process. Um, but you know, also in that, uh, we talked in Titus, you know, God's grace gives us, um, or compels us to be, live an obedient life to God as well. Mm-hmm. So obedience comes into that. And the definition of obedience is to comply with, to follow commands or guidance. And we see several scriptures here that tell us we need to be obedient to God. Uh First one I want to mention is John chapter 15, verse 10. If you keep my commands, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and abide in his love. Mm-hmm. So if if we obey God, we're going to dwell in his love. If we disobey God, then we're walking away from that and all the blessings that that has to offer. You know, we mentioned earlier... um, Sinning is living in darkness and and the demons are the ruler, you know, they they rule the principalities of darkness. Mm -hmm. So if we create darkness around us, we're giving those demons the opportunity to inflict things in our lives. We're we're, we're putting ourselves under their dominion. But God says, If you if you keep my commands, you will abide in my love, and then you're protected from from all that. Um in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9, it says, And after he had made after he had been made perfect, he became responsible for the everlasting salvation to all those obeying him. So Jesus is responsible for the everlasting salvation of those obeying him. Uh-huh. You know, so if you're not obeying him, you know, you could say, well, Jesus died for all my sins and I can do whatever I want. Right. But if you're not obeying him, the scripture says right here, he's not responsible for your everlasting salvation. Uh-huh. You know, you have, in a sense we could say you have eternal security as long as you're obeying Jesus, as long as you're abiding in God's love. You know, then yes, you are guaranteed salvation. If you're doing your part, God will do his part. Revelation chapter four, verse 11, it says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So, we were created for God's pleasure, and you know we should you know like you said, every day you're trying diligently and consciously to live for God, mm-hmm. you know we should all try to live for God's pleasure, you know if what I'm about to say or what I'm about to do or even what am i I'm about to think is that pleasing to God mm-hmm. if it's not then then i'm gonna i'm gonna abstain from it right you know if we could all get into that habit all the time, we'll be in a good position right.
0: Um, and these desires should be natural. Mm-hmm. After, after receiving salvation, being born again, these desires should be natural. Now, I'm gonna take a little real quick here, but I will tell you the power and to be able to fulfill a lot of this would be through the Holy Spirit. Mm. So I'm going to tell you that you ought to have this natural desire, and maybe later, maybe next podcast or something we get into that, is a lot of the, this is actually fulfilled through in the empowerment of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, because we're able to have supernatural forgiveness in our life, supernatural love for others in our life. It's actually granted through that the gift of, of the Holy Ghost, through that as well. So mm. there ought to be the desire there just based off of our salvation, but to walk a lot of the sounds, I'm going to tell you, you don't need to do it on your own. That's why we've been given the helper mm-hmm. as well. Anyway.
1: Exactly. Yep. Yeah, we'll get into that more yeah. later. <laughs> so, so we see here in Revelation, um, we were created for God's pleasure and, and sin doesn't please God. So that shouldn't be a regular part of our life. Right. Uh, first Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, it says, but Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen obedience is better than sacrifice every time and submission is better than offering the fat of rams that's right right. so you can come to church and you can give a big old fat offering check but if you're not living an obedient repentant life you know god would rather you do that and keep your money
0: absolutely absolutely or any other time because the sacrifice piece is on you you know mm-hmm. it's it's oh yeah, i did this for for such and such or i gave this up for such it was the same reason why i said hey jesus said when you're fasting you know don't look your face all contorted up you know mm, don't wash make it yourself. obvious yeah, yeah wash wash your hair man put some take care of yourself you know don't let it all be seen because the sacrifice piece is not what's important it's the obedience piece that you're doing that's mm-hmm. really so don't worry about for other people to see that yeah. your obedience is to the lord
1: yeah you're doing it for god not to Uh, appear righteous before man. That's right. That's right. Yep. Yep. And so, okay. So, uh, we see here God's grace, his amazing grace is that he uh, initiated the salvation process and he's holding out that salvation gift to us Mm -hmm. and his grace also, uh, you know, we have to put forth ever to receive that. And his grace also compels us to repent and to be obedient. Mm -hmm. All right. And so, uh, now let's talk about some, uh, doctrines of salvation. You know, one, one is eternal security and it's once saved, always saved. It's the belief that, uh, Christ paid for, paid the price for our sins past, present and future, no matter what. Now, does this give us, in view of what we've studied, does this give us a license to sin? Well, you're going to have to tune in next time to find that out because this concludes our podcast for today. And so until we meet again, uh, prepare your heart for the coming revival. Yes. Amen.